You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio, a review of Norwegian Escape Today, a nine-night Mediterranean cruise from Madison. Also, we have staff writer Richard Sims in the wings with Cruise News. Hello, Richard. Doug, it feels like forever since I've spoken to you. I know, a 20-day cruise and then some time in Amsterdam, but here we are. And uh, right to the news, Carnival Cruise Line has shot down a rumor. I love rumors, and I love even better when the rumors are about Carnival, because when they're about Carnival, inevitably, John Heald, the brand ambassador, addresses them. Most of the other cruise lines don't have, you know, sort of that direct a line with their public, but John is... He addresses things that he probably shouldn't address. But in this case, there were rumors all over the place. I saw them on Twitter a few times suggesting that Carnival Cruise Line was going to start insisting that all passengers, regardless of where they were sailing to or from, would need passports. This caused a little bit of consternation for some people who, for whatever reason, don't have and don't intend to and don't want to get passports. But as is often the case, it turns out there was no truth to the rumors, um, and is also usually the case, it was John Heald who set the record straight. So, no. Passengers doing closed-loop cruises, meaning leaving from and returning to the same U.S. port, will not need to have passports. They can still use government issued ID and a birth certificate. What's really, really, really important to note here are actually two things. This is not necessarily true for sailings like transatlantics, where you're going from one country to another, and certain other cruises. So it's always good to check and see, do I need my passport for this particular cruise? But for most Carnival cruises that are doing closed-loop cruises, no, you will not need a passport. The other thing to keep in mind is that when it comes to using a birth certificate, most cruise lines note that it has to be an actual government-issued birth certificate, meaning there are places you can order a, a, a birth certificate from. They're sort of – they're basically like souvenirs, like if you want to get something framed or whatever. Those are not the same thing as an actual government-issued birth certificate. And if you want to use a birth certificate to get on a cruise ship, you want to make sure it is an actual government-issued document as opposed to, you know, something printed up at Kinko's. But also, Richard, you should probably always have a passport regardless if you need one or not. Probably not a bad idea to have one. Totally agree. I mean, I have both a passport and a passport card. Um, I like to have both because let's say we're in port. If it's a port where I don't need to take my passport, I will leave my passport in the safe, but I still have in my wallet a passport card, which is basically the size of a driver's license. It's also great because I don't drive. So if I go somewhere and for whatever reason they need identification, I can use my passport card, whether I'm in the United States or you know anywhere else, in the Caribbean, whatever. Yes, I, I think everyone 
should have some form of passport, whether an actual book or the passport card. Richard, when is Royal Caribbean going to stop using this um, inventory error excuse? That is a really good question. You know, the way I look at this, when something happens once, it's an accident. Mm -hmm. Twice, it's an oversight. Three times, that's a trend. And in this case, it is not a good one. Royal Caribbean has had a bit of a problem of late when it comes to overbooking their ships. And they have to tell some passengers, whoops, you aren't actually going to be sailing with us, which nobody wants to hear. The latest people to get this unwelcome message were passengers who were going to set sail on Allure of the Seas on April 30th. And this time, Royal basically did what happens when you go to the airport. I know you do this all the time. You're at the airport and the person behind the counter says, oh, no, you know, we've oversold this flight. We're going to make it worth your while not to, you know, to, to let us have your seat. Mm-hmm. That's basically what Royal did here. They said, hey, is anybody out there flexible in their travel plans and willing to opt out if we make it worth their while? And honestly, the offers were good. One was you could get a full refund, set sail on the May 15th voyage, which was, you know, it's like two weeks later, but it's, um, and and, and it was going to be on voyages of this Voyager of the Seas. It was going to be a five day instead of a seven day, but you would get a 100% refund for the cruise you were supposed to go on. This cruise, the five-day, would be free, and you would get a $300 onboard credit. So, I mean, that's an amazing deal. They also had the option of canceling their sailing altogether and getting, again, a 100% refund and a 100% future cruise credit. The third option, which I don't know why anybody would take, was kind of crappy, which was you could shift to one of three other dates, and you would be guaranteed the lowest price possible in the category that you had already booked. Like, you couldn't book a different category. You had to stay in the same basic stateroom category. Um, And they would basically make sure that you got the same price or lower if it happened to be lower on that sailing. But there was no onboard credit or anything with that one, so that wasn't a particularly great offer. I can see why some people might have to take it, but the other two offers, you were basically getting a free cruise and some spending money. Uh, But again, there's just no explanation for why this quote-unquote unexpected inventory error keeps happening. So it'll be kind of, you know, a situation we will keep our eye on to see if this continues happening. Because at a certain point, they're going to have to address what's behind it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. Um, so Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is the parent company of NCL, Regent Seven Seas Cruises, and Oceana Cruises, they released a, a kind of twofold thing. So on Monday, they released their earnings for Q1. And then last week, they detailed uh, CEO, well, I guess outgoing CEO, Frank Del Rio's 2022 salary. I think we might need to have a moment of silence for mm-hmm. Frank Del Rio because this is such sad news. So... In 2020, Frank Del Rio took home $36.4 million, which is, you know, that's a lot of money. Sadly, in 2022, he only made $21.2 million. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's going to be cutbacks in the Del Rio home. That's all I can say. As far as the earnings report went, it went pretty well. Now, you know, they were still losing money, but it was less money than they were expected. They were expected to come in at a loss of 46 cents a share, and they actually came in at 30 cents a share, which is a really, really, really – from from their point of view, that's fantastic. 
they also reported that their occupancy is up. It's over 100%, which is great. We've discussed this before, but for people who ask, because um, there's always somebody who didn't pick up on it before, how do you get you know over 100% occupancy? That is basically a situation where it's 100% occupancy if every room has two people in it. You're sailing at uh, double capacity in each room. But of course, when you're traveling with family and stuff, you probably have three, four people in a room. So that's where the over 100% comes in is when you have, you know, more than two people uh, in some of the rooms and every room is booked. That can give you 100, 105, 110% capacity, which is, you know, what the cruise lines want. It's not necessarily what you as a passenger want because, you know, the higher the occupancy rate, the more crowded it's going to be while you're on board. The other thing that they said was that their onboard spending is up. And we've been hearing this for quite a while, um, even really before the shutdown. There was a lot of talk on how there's a higher emphasis placed on onboard spending, meaning the money you spend in the casino or the money you spend to go to a specialty restaurant or the spa. That has been on the rise and it continues to be on the rise, which is great for them because that's, you know, more money lining their pockets. So it's expecting that assuming nothing you know, happens, which you never know. I mean, nobody predicted the shutdown. Uh, assuming nothing happens, they should, in the next two or three quarters, be able to be right up there back to profitability levels where they really want them to be. And last week, Royal Caribbean detailed some more spaces on the upcoming Wonder of the Seas. Yeah, one of the things to keep in mind with Royal Caribbean's new ship, Icon of the Seas, is that this ship is really, really focusing on family. They're focusing on multi-generational. They want to, you know, whether you are a six-month-old baby or a great-great-grandmother, they want to have a ship that everybody in your family can find something on it to enjoy. And preferably, they want you to be able to all enjoy it together. That's one of the reasons that, you know, one of the new neighborhoods is really centered on the idea of bringing together families uh, as they're sort of, you know, enjoying water parks and restaurants and bars all in one area. So, this time they're announcing some stuff. One of the things they announced is the fact that they are introducing a character named Admiral Awesome, which, you know, I, I assume that he was promoted over Captain Crunch, but I'm not 100% sure of that. Uh, he's going to be sort of their new mascot, and he'll be found around the ship, and I'm suspecting he will be doing all kinds of fun things. They're also introducing a lot of family-centric entertainment, like there's going to be a family festival with live music and dancing and supersized games and bowling and ring toss and all that. There's going to be a new block party called the Big Shark Block Party, which is hosted by none other than Admiral Awesome. And, you know, some other thing, Once Upon a Bedtime Story, that's going to be readings of original bedtime stories, once again, narrated by Admiral Awesome. Admiral Awesome is going to kind of be all over the place. I think he's going to be kind of unavoidable, and I will be shocked if it doesn't turn out that you can very easily head down to one of the gift shops and buy your very own <laughs> Admiral Awesome to take home. Hey, it could be like the new uh, Fun Ship Freddy. Remember Carnival had him for like 20 or 30 years? That creepy, I, you know what? I, character. Not, I only recently found out about Funship Freddy. I had never heard of this before, but uh, yeah, I, I did recently hear about that. You know, it could also be like 
uh, Emma over at Emma Cruz's and Hudson, um, which she, you know, her pet cat, which she had a, a stuffed animal made up and she sold it to raise money for Mercy Ships. She she got a lot of money for that really good cause. So, you know, maybe Admiral Awesome, you can buy all of them, Admiral Awesome and Freddie and, and Hudson and put them all on a shelf somewhere. I'll have to send you a photo when we, when we hop off here of... Uh, fun ship, Freddie and I, back in 2011. I was a lot heavier back then, but uh, it's kind of a creepy photo, so I'll have to share that with you here in just a few I minutes. I think that should be like photo of the week. Yeah, yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, last but not least here, uh, speaking of fun ship, Freddie, it looks like goodbye, Costa. Hello, Carnival. Yeah, this is, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. This is um, Carnival's introducing this this new program um, where they're bringing two former Costa ships into the fleet. The first one is Venetia, which I know I'm pronouncing wrong, and everybody can take it out on me the same way they usually take it out on you. Hmm. And this is the final stages of her transformation. She got the new livery. Now, most Carnival ships, you know, they used to all have the white hull, the very simple white hull. And then it switched over and it became a blue hull and it's red, white, and blue in keeping with their being America's cruise line. Well, because this is an Italian ship they're bringing over, they wanted to do something a little bit different. And so the new Carnival livery or the the, the Carnival Venezia's livery is going to be the blue with instead of a red stripe, it'll have a yellow stripe, which will match the uh, the yellow of the smokestack, because this one is not going to have the traditional whale tail that we've come to think of with Carnival ships. It will, in fact, have the yellow uh, smokestack that it had when it was sailing as Costa. So this is the last step in that. And... Once it's done, it will be doing its transatlantic coming here, and it'll start sailing out of New York, which I'm very excited about because, of course, that's my home port, and I'm really looking forward to checking this ship out, although I'm not booked on it until January, so I've got a little while to wait. Yeah, New York's first sailing will be on June 15th, and then kind of doing a little up and down the up to Canada, over to Bermuda, and down to the Caribbean, and some uh, a couple of cool 15-night journey sailings out of Manhattan there uh, this fall. You should jump on one of those. Oh, yeah, because I can just take 15 days off work without any problem. Well, you know how good Carnival's internet is. You can work fine. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. All right, staff writer Richard Sims, thank you so much, my friend. Good talking to you. It's been a long time. Always glad to be here. Do you have a story or a tip to report? Let us know. Email tips at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Madison and her husband took a nine-night cruise aboard Norwegian Cruise Line's Norwegian Escape last year. It was a Mediterranean cruise, and Madison joins us on the line to talk all about it. How you doing, Madison? Good. How are you, Doug? 
Good. Thank you so much for coming on, Madison. So you actually did this cruise last year. So we're going to take a step back here. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this NCL cruise in the Mediterranean? So we wanted to do this probably, well, during COVID, of course. So um, our cruise got canceled. We rescheduled and I'm Italian. My husband's Italian. We love everything about Rome. He watches you know, just all these shows about Roman history and every, you know, just, it was, it was meant to be that we just go at this time. So, um, and Greece is beautiful too. Um, we, Santorini, um, and Corfu were one of our top hits. Um, and this is one of the cruises that actually went there. So we were really excited about a lot of history. Um, it's a different cruise than we normally do because we always go to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more on the boat party. But this was history and a lot of walking. It, was this based out of Rome, the ship? Yeah. Um, how you, Czechoslovakia, right? Is that sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll roll with it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So you make your way over from Philly to Rome. Any pre-cruise time over there before you got on the ship? Yeah, so we spent three days in Rome. Um, highly recommend before or after just staying. We rented an Airbnb. Um, everybody was so nice over there. Our Airbnb um, guy actually took our suitcases before because we landed, I guess, at nine o'clock in the morning. Um, and, you know, the Airbnb was still rented out that day. So he took our suitcases. He locked them away for us. He told us where to go to lunch. Um, and then we come back. The Airbnb was beautiful. Um, the next day we did a tour um, through Viator. Um, it was called All Rome in One Day. And we saw the Colosseum, Trevi Fountain, Panthenon, um, the Basilica, Vatican, you name it, we saw it. So Spanish Stairs. So it it was a really nice um, one-on-one because we didn't want anything like big for that. We wanted like a lot more history. Mm-hmm. So it was just a one-on-one tour. So I really, really recommend that. And then we had some great food over there. Like we came back and we were crying that we had to eat the food here. <laughs> <laughs> so once it was time to board the ship, how did you make your way down from Rome to the cruise ports? It's like what, an hour or so, right? Just an hour. I rented a car shuttle, I guess, through somebody had recommended it. Um, So it was a car that drove us from our Airbnb all the way to the port. We got to the port and we were on the boat in 14 minutes because nobody was on that ship because it was just recently dry docked. Nice. So you're one of the first people on board, 15 minutes from curb to ship. And then first impressions walking on board Norwegian Escape? Um, First impressions, it smelled so clean. Mm -hmm. And like they deep cleaned the whole place. Everything was like immaculate again. Um, I, I know it's an older, not old, but it's an older boat. They redid everything down to even like the wood. Um, everybody, all the workers were so excited to have everybody on board. And um, we got the, we got the party started and nice. we went right to the vibe or um, not the vibe club, the, uh, the pool deck and danced and, you know, had a great time. So before we start this cruise experience here, what uh, what perks did you pick? Did you get like the dining and the uh, drink package? Yeah. Um, so now with Norwegian, you only get two dining packages. So um, we had uh, two of the specialty restaurants and then we're platinum. So we get two more. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had four, which was that's fine yeah. because we we barely even ate on the ship because we were off 
you know, doing whatever on um, land. Yeah. So we we actually lost 15 pounds. Highly wow. recommend if you go to Rome, gain weight before. Good work. Good work. Uh, so yeah. you make your way to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book for this nine night cruise? And what did you think of it throughout the nine nights? Um, we booked a balcony, a beautiful, normal kind of balcony that, you know, the breakaway, breakaway plus class has. I really recommend a balcony on these um, vacations and ask I don't know if you, you know, use a travel agent or your um, personal cruise consultant, but ask them to put you where the port is, I guess, like, or the, the side of the ship that is more off the, you know, to the land, because it, just coming in, it was beautiful to see Santorini. You wake up and you're like, wow, that's what I dreamed of seeing. And it's right there in front of you. Now, as far as like space for the nine nights and um, USBs and all that, how, how did all that play out? Plenty of USBs. There was um, next to our beds, USBs right there. Um, and then space, we had plenty of room to unpack. Um, this was like the first cruise that we actually unpacked everything. And I had little um, packing cubes. So plenty of shelves for that. We hung all of our dresses up because and his uh, suit, just because they were kind of wrinkled from our travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually had then bring um, a iron board. Um, you can request that if you want just to iron out your stuff because it was pretty wrinkled, but yeah, plenty of space. The bathroom was huge. Um, you know, the big glass shower in there. It was just a really nice room. So let's talk about the dining experience throughout the nine nights here. And we'll go to the top and start at the buffet area and work our way out from there. So how was the buffet during the cruise? Buffet was great. We actually, were there a lot just because we needed to get off the boat pretty fast. Um, just because, you know, we were either docking really early or, you know, we got on the boat kind of late and we were just like, let's just get something quick to eat and then go have fun on the boat. Um, whatever, whatever you wanted there for breakfast, you know, normal breakfast food, it was fresh, hot for dinners even we went there um a couple nights just to grab something quick and all the dinners were great um you know i always like the indian and the chinese like area Mm -hmm. so yeah it was it was pretty good actually there's really no main dining room per se but uh that one dining room in the aft end uh what is it the manhattan dining room uh something oh the manhattan room yeah did you do any do any uh eating in there yeah, um, that's basically where if we went to dinner in the um, main dining room, that's where we'd go. Um, Manhattan room was great service. We were in and out of there in 45 minutes and it was it was packed. So, I mean, service was really on point. Um, food was great, actually. I had like, remember I had this one um, plate. It was like a red snapper with just some rice and vegetables and it was like amazing. Yeah, everything was really fast. Everybody was so happy. And then for breakfast, we went to taste a couple times and they even put us with the same server. They knew our order um, after a couple days and, you know, we don't really change that much. So they just knew what we what we wanted. So it was like fine fine dining kind of. Yeah. Really yeah. Nice. When you're going like to the Manhattan or to taste, are you having to like check in virtually on the phone or just walk to the restaurant? So I always do um, reservations just because I don't, you can do that virtual queue thing that is on your app and people have done it and they say it works fine too. But 
I always just have a reservation, even for the main dining room, just because I like to have like a set schedule almost of, you know, what time we want to go to dinner. And we can always change it if we wanted to. Um, they're so flexible there. So so you said you had four specialty dining nights for this nine-night cruise. Um, what specialty venues did you hit? And give us the experience of each one. So we went to um, hibachi, hibachi, normal, um, you know, rice, vegetables. We had steak and I had um, calamari and my husband had chicken and it was, you know, normal hibachi, great, lots of fun. Um, We had sake. um, So that was really good. Um, Then we went to the bistro and that was really good. I actually got him to eat some escargot and I don't think I told him that it was snails until he ate them all, (laughs) but it was amazing. Service is great. They actually... Um, got us a bottle of wine just because of the platinum, um, you know, perks, I guess, that we have. So we got a bottle of wine and just a nice night. That was one of our later nights, I think, or one of the last nights that we had there. Um, And then Cagney's, of course, you have to go there because you have to get a steak. And my steak was beautiful, beautifully cooked. Um, All the sides were really good. service again it was quick fast everybody knew you know what they were doing and where to be at certain times and then we went to Moderno and that's the um Brazilian steakhouse and they just keep the meat flying through and I'm pretty sure I went to bed that night early because I <laughs> not that I didn't feel good from the meat but I ate too much right. of the meat I hear you. <laughs> so I was kind of meat comatose so Hibachi, Cagney's, Moderna, and what was the fourth one? And La Bistro. La Bistro. Yeah, and we, we don't always go to that. It's not what my husband likes to eat, but I was like, you know what, a little fancy night. We dressed up, and it, it, he really liked it actually a lot. So we're actually on our next cruise. I already booked it again. So. Okay, so what did he think of the snails, the escargot? Oh, he like was dipping his like bread into bread. the butter. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, these are so good. These mussels are amazing. I'm like... Oh, they're not muscles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but they're close. It's, you yeah. know, it's butter, it's garlic. What, what do you, what's wrong with that? Yeah, you can't go wrong drowning them in that garlic butter. It's, uh, it's no, they're so, so good. <laughs> How about the entertainment on this nine-night cruise? What did y'all think of it? So we actually didn't go to any of the shows because we we really didn't have time. Um, just the, I guess time's getting on the boat, Um we're so late and I loved that about the the cruise, but we, you know, just missed every show, but we did see entertainment like pianos uh, or pianists and, um, you know, guitarists, um, a couple of singers in like the atrium area where that big screen is. Um, and by the pool too, uh, DJs and, um, you know, just the, that hairy leg contest stuff and you know all the all the little like goofy things that they were all really fun the um director on there was really uh he was a good time so but yeah we didn't see any of the main shows on that cruise what were some of your uh, like favorite or your go-to bars on the ship i know there's a few of them i don't remember the actual name of the bar but there's a bar that's right above the pool and it's not on any of the other like the getaway or the breakaway so I guess it's just its own, you know, NCL escape bar, but you could smoke there, which we don't, we don't mind that, you, you know, people smoke, but you can smoke there. And it was just nice to 
have the, you know, I guess that view of the pool and you could see the islands off to the background and, you know, the bartenders were just great. And then we also went to um, H2O bar that's all the way in the back because it still had that because we didn't get the vibe club for this cruise. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was a really nice bar too, that we went back there and they have the jacuzzis and the bartenders were really fun. And um, they had those parties back there too, like the glow party. And, you know, we danced back there and had a, had a good time there too. So, but all, I mean, all the bartenders are great. That, that uh, the bar you went to by the pool, is that the one that has kind of like the, um, it's kind of like right in the middle of the pool spaces, but suspended above where it's almost like a, a catwalk. You have to walk to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like little umbrellas, yeah. it, it, like, I don't want to say picnic tables, but they were, you know, like jetted out and it, it just was like, almost in the middle of the ship and you mm-hmm. could see everything going on, but yeah. you could also just relax and listen to the music too. And just take in the scene. I'm curious, what kind of demographic was on board? Was it, there were a lot of North Americans on board having, having it based in Rome? No, we really didn't meet anybody that was from over here too much. Um, it was mostly South African, um, like based people or, um, even just people that were from, um, uh, England, we met a couple um, people from Scotland. Uh, we really didn't. I mean, we met a few people, but it, it was mostly just Europeans actually that were over there. And it was it was really fun to, you know, hear their life and what they do and, you know, just their careers and where they've been. So it sure. was it was kind of refreshing. Yeah, no, definitely. I know these these um, med cruises, they aren't really known for their sea days because most of them are so port intensive. So how was the ship, though, on the sea days and as far as crowds and congestion? So we only had the one sea day, and that was the first day. Mm-hmm. And um, crowds and congestion were, they were fine. It was kind of cold, actually, the first two days that we were there because um, there was like a storm that was in the med. So... I think that day I tried to put my, my bathing suit on and I ended up just wrapping myself in a towel because it was maybe 70, but it was cloudy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, the pool was kind of empty just because, you know, it was kind of colder. So the inside, not too crowded either. I, I don't know if maybe everybody was just in their rooms because they were jet lagged from trying to travel, but it was, it was pretty you know, pretty low key. Very cool. They still had, they still had entertainment though going and they tried to, they tried to make the pool deck look appealing. So that's Mm. why I was out there. Gotcha. Let's talk about your ports of call on this nine night sailing. And it's a quite a few of them. So what we'll do here is just give us the port of call, give us a highlight for y'all and then we'll move to the next one. All right. So first we went to Santorini. Um, we went to Ia and Fira and we just walked around, um, uh, Pro tip for there is to eat a gyro there, please. It, mm-hmm. All the like gyros here are they ne- they don't compare. So that was our favorite place or our favorite thing to do over there is basically eat. Um, but Ia was beautiful. Like you have to you have to go and see and walk the um, the um, cobblestones and it it was just breathtaking, honestly. Nice. Um, and then we went to Corfu. We went to I. Uh, going to butcher this uh pa- palo catrisis palo catricia 
Sure. Um, it's a beach mm-hmm. and it's, it's a little rocky, but the water is so clear. So we ended up just taking a taxi over there, swimming, tanning a little bit. Um, we walked all the way up to this bar up to the top and there was um, also a church up there and the, the view was just beautiful. We went to Athens next, saw the Acropolis and Athena's temple and the ruins. We just did a lot of walking. It was really cold that day and rainy. We managed to, so um, luckily I did bring a sweatshirt and I, I was able to wear, wear that, but I didn't really bring a coat. So we were a little cold. Malta was next. So we rented, like me and my husband actually rented a speedboat. And then we posted on the Facebook chat for, you know, if anybody wants to join us. So we needed 10 people and we actually just made an excursion for ourselves. I have, I had like a picture of um, a, uh, like a poster board that I basically made of like our Malta trip. Mm-hmm. And then people met us right by the, um, the dock, right by the cruise. And we went on our way. We, that was beautiful. We went to Blue Lagoon and um, we saw all the other islands and all the caves. So that was that was amazing. Next was Sicily. We went to Tarmina and a honey farm. The honey farm was so cute. If if you are ever near Tarmina, beautiful. And Tarmina itself is. We just walked around, ate some cannolis, and we had a had a really nice time there. And then um, next was Naples. So we had to go to Pompeii because it was our first time. And Pompeii is beautiful. It's it's so like. You're just sitting there the whole time like, wow, this is like ancient ruins and it it looks like it was just built maybe 100 years ago. And then last, we went to Florence. So we stopped at Pisa. Um, Pisa's, it's very crowded over there, but it it's just a really cool place to walk around and see and hear some history. Um, and then we ended up going to a winery as well. And there was like these little big wine dogs. They were like Bernie's mountain dogs. And my husband likes that because he loves dogs. But it was really good wine. We had food and they made it right there on the site. And I think that's it. That's where we went, all these places. So you could head back to the port for Rome and it's time to get off the ship. Uh, How was Debark? Deparkation was so easy. They do the the face scanning now, so you scan your face, you're off the boat. So we we do um just our carry own carry off our own luggage, mm-hmm. um so we could leave whenever. And they were pretty adamant about us getting off the boat really quick. So I think it was like 8 a.m. and they're like, all right, everybody has to leave now, and we're like, okay, I guess we'll leave. <laughs> so um, we got off the boat. I pre-registered us to have the bus that Norwegian supplies um, bring us to the airport. And we were off the boat in maybe 15 minutes and on that bus. And the bus is an hour ride again. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave us our luggage and we were on our way. I'm curious. Was this your first time doing a med cruise? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in hindsight, if you had the time, would you have preferred to kind of spend an extra day in Rome to kind of decompress and then start out fresh the next day? Or was it fine with you just going right from the ship to the airport and flying home? If you have the time, I would have rather stayed. I I would have stayed like two nights just to, you know, see Rome again and, mm-hmm. you know, hit, hit things that you might not have seen. Um, just walk around and, you know, just, yeah, like you said, decompress again. Yeah. But because we were we were on our feet and 
running around basically on that cruise. And we didn't, I mean, we, we did enjoy the cruise itself, but it wasn't more towards the cruise as actually the like places that we went. So gotcha. I would have liked to definitely, definitely chill out a little bit. And we, we loved Rome so much that, right. I mean, my husband's like anytime let's go. <laughs> Right. Back to the uh, back to the ship for a moment here. So how what did you buy a Wi-Fi package? They gave us because um, we're platinum again. So um, they gave us 150 minutes each. So we kind of just had the minutes to, you know, just use freely. And I, mm-hmm. you just have to remember to turn it off because otherwise it just keeps like rolling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just, you know, say hi to my parents, say hi to his mom and um, you know, we would turn it off. We'd send a few pictures, um, but we kind of like to stay disconnected from yeah. everything. We both work, you know, not online, so we don't have to worry about that. And how about the smoking situation uh, around the casino? Because it kind of just is one long hallway that kind of goes right into the atrium and then the, what's it called, Oceans, the 24-hour sports bar? Yeah, the Oceans and like mm-hmm. the 678 yeah. Plaza. I guess you could smell it. For us, it doesn't bother us because mm-hmm. my husband smokes cigars, um, and we were in the humidor a lot, so we kind of just smelled like a cigar too. <laughs> gotcha. um, but yeah, you if if you're bothered by it, you definitely might not want to stay in that area. And even by the pool, you you could smell it a little bit from that bar up top, just because you could like smoke there. Now I'm not sure if that's just because it, we were in the med. Or if that's like normal, but they, I mean, everybody was smoking like a chimney up there. Gotcha. Um, any first time tips to offer anyone sailing Norwegian escape? I love that little bar up there just to, you know, grab all those views and just sit on the little, um, they had like a little bench right there, um, with little high top like seats, um, you know, look over the bar, listen to the music, um, also, definitely grab a balcony if you can, if you're in the med. It is, it's totally worth it just to see all of those views um, and to see, like, you know, when you just pull in anywhere, you can see, like, other um, Greek isles to, you know, in the distance. And it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just have a, have a great time. The, the crew is amazing. Food was amazing. MCL always does a good job. I, I feel like um, with you know cleanliness and hospitality, they um, yeah they really go above and beyond. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight for y'all on this nine night cruise? Um, so my the highlight for all of us is Rome, basically. Um, just flying in there, seeing everything, and then getting on the cruise, and I think pulling up into Santorini. And we hear somebody go, oh, is that snow up there? And we all were like, no, they're the white buildings. <laughs> and it was, it was just beautiful. Like every single place, all, all the history that we learned and like listening to, you know, these people that are, you know, they, they're from there, they live there, their, their heritage is, is, you know, just wrapped up in there. It, it, it's, it's just so cool to see. No, nobody has more a drive to tell you about where they live and, you know, all the history and everything that's so great about that place than like those places. So my husband wanted to say that his favorite thing was 
playing basketball on the ship. Awesome. Uh, you mentioned that you normally cruise Caribbean sailing. So how different was the vibe in Europe than the Caribbean? It's completely different. A lot more relaxed. There's not as much partying, I want to say, because everybody's so like exhausted from walking for, you know, eight hours. So everybody, you know, that they and they kind of on the cruise, they can sense that. So there was a lot more little bands and, you know, just more chill things to do, like mm-hmm. listening to a guitarist or, um, you know, a, a pianist. I mean, there was the glow party. It was like an earlier, I think it was like a seven to three time that we were there um, at one of the islands. So, you know, everybody could rest and then go to that party. But it was very chill compared to, to the Caribbean where we like to go to the vibe club and have a lot of drinks and have a good time and just dance. And your final thoughts of Norwegian Escape? Another great cruise. We've taken basically all of the cruises, like all of the uh, ships. So another great one. I would definitely recommend going on this um, ship. And yes, it's just a... Another clean, beautiful ship. We've been talking with Madison about her nine-night cruise aboard Norwegian Escape over there in the Med. Madison, thank you so much for sharing this review. We sure appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in in a few minutes. Instacart for the win.